I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hi, Eve. Hi, Kieran. How are you? <laughs> I have a mug here that says white male writer's tears and it has whiskey in it. So I'm doing great. Excellent. I have a Golden State cider here keeping me company and we also have a friend here Would hi you like to introduce yourself austin hi i'm austin but if you have met me on the internet you know me as ae osworth and i have a beer that i bought at the pharmacy that tastes a little like soap um but is a beer <laughs> and i have put it inside a wine glass to <laughs> up the classy quotient of it even though it is beer that i bought at a pharmacy that tastes like soap but it's in a wine glass <laughs> it's in a wine glass so it's fancy it's fine this is gonna be a great episode already <laughs> yeah welcome to our like very rare after darks that we record so yeah no we usually we usually just shoot the shit and have no record of it this one's gonna be really fun because so I got to know Austin over the fall, and one of the things that happened during that time is they started writing this new book. They have one book that's coming out in April, and it's really great, and you should pre-order it. It's called We Are Watching Eliza Bright, and it's a very um, what happens when Gamergate boys don't win. <laughs> I love it already. Is that, that fair? Is, is that fair? exactly what it is. I would I would argue that I am not sure that they do not win um, in some respects in this book. I think that sometimes they win. I was trying to summarize, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you're correct. But one of the things that happened over the fall is you started writing this other book about Satan. It was a sexy Satan with a PR problem. And I'm very excited about it. But one of the funny things that happened as we were talking about you working on this book is that you don't know anything about King David. Well, and the thing is, like, I know that King David, so I, to back up, like, I was raised Christian, but reformed Christian. My family sort of got, like, we we distanced ourselves when our church became more homophobic. So I have big gaps in my Christianity knowledge because that happened when I was a teenager. Uh, and so I feel like I got like all the Sunday school stuff, I got confirmed and then I've just got like a massive gap after that. But I am writing about mm -hmm. Satan, which means I'm writing about the Bible. And I went mm -hmm. and interviewed this amazing scholar named Serena Jarvis, whose whole job it is to study Satan because <laughs> I... I'm going to come correct if I'm going to if I'm going to do the Bible I'm going to come correct and she basically outlined every like for me every place in the Bible that Satan appears and one of those places is arguably and it's not even like a for sure thing one of the places is arguably telling King David to take a census and then God gets pissed cuz King David shouldn't take a census for a reason that I don't understand yet and so I've been drafting this book um, actually since January. I, ha I outlined in the fall and then I've been drafting since January and I still haven't hit the King David chapters. So I truly, I have not started my research on King David. The it makes thing... me so happy that you waited. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, I was doing, I, I, I have a little Lilith story arc in there. And so that is what I have been occupied with is this Lilith story arc. And I have not, I did not even know Eve hinted at this, and I think that it's true. I did not know that King David was the <laughs> same David as in David and Goliath. I didn't know. Is that true? Yeah, that was that was the yes. moment that I was like, oh, we have to do this. So you 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 showed your hand on that that piece of info, and I was like, oh wait, please freeze. Don't learn anything more. We will we will help you. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how helpful it, we're gonna be, but we're gonna have a lot of fun. <laughs> well, because I from what I am gathering from the way other people, and I have mentioned every time someone tries to tell me about King David, I've stopped them. Then no, I have, I have a King David engagement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where I am supposed to know nothing. 
And so I cannot yet start this portion of my book. Please cease and desist. I do not want to know about <laughs> King David at this juncture um, because people keep trying to tell me about King David because apparently it's wild. Like, is oh, this yeah. A- oh, yeah. It's very, 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 very wild. It's going to be a ride. And so I have King David books. So, I have several people like chomping at the bit, ready to tell me about King David. But here I am with you with my soap, beer, and a wine glass. So thank you. What do I, need I appreciate to know? this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so what do you know already? And this is this is really, I think, the the most important way to go about it. Cool. Here's what I know about King David. That at some point, Satan tells him to take a census and he does it and God gets mad, as, as I mentioned, that he is a king of something. I don't know what. That apparently he is the same David as David and Goliath. Something, 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 homosexuality, something. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and I think, and this is like really the edge of my knowledge. I think that he is maybe constantly in trouble for worshiping things that aren't God. But I don't know if that's hmm. King David or one of his progeny. His progeny had lots of trouble. <laughs> so those are the five <laughs> things that I know. And then I have right. things that I am and then I have things that I am writing that are things that I'm making up. So like arguably those are things that I know too, but I have not done any research beyond that. So one of the reasons I think that like there's so many ex-evangelical kids who are queer and who like have interest in not being vanilla in many, many ways, I think is because there's so much like salacious shit in the old Testament and our parents just handed us Bibles and we're like, and let us, when you're bad, this is the only thing you're allowed to read. And so we did to their detriment. <laughs> this is one of those stories. <laughs> oh, so King David is like, King David fucks is what you're about to tell me. King David fucks. A lot. A lot. A lot. King David well, has a lot of wives. A lot. <laughs> good, because I intend for King David to fuck in my story. So yes, well, I'm glad to hear that King, King David, David fucks. is a fucking slut. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. I don't know. I don't know about you. I love him. I think I think he's terrible and wonderful. That's, okay, that's so, basically yes, how that how that works with David. Okay, okay, so like I know that he is the David from David and Goliath. And I guess what I want, what I'm hoping for, is for you to tell me the story of like like if we were just telling the story of King David from start to finish, like his little story arc. And I'm hoping that so, you will tell me that. That's the plan. We're going to try to cover his life story real fast. But we have to go back before King David to like help you understand like why he was a big deal. According to yes. and 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 this is like big big huge like in flashing letters footnote on this entire episode is like this is like Christian Sunday school history. This is like Christian Bible stuff. Like, this has absolutely no, like, information that is taken from Jewish scholarship or anything. <laughs> this yeah. is just from what <laughs> we learned as what kids. what we learned in church. Okay. But we have to go through my names, my dead name, and my current middle name to, like, get to King David. So I'm going to have some fun with that for a second here. So this... Go for it. My dead name is Hannah. And the woman I'm named after is uh, the mother of Samuel, who is these, this, the last of the judges, if you will. So there's this time when there would be various leaders who would kind of organically pop up who were spiritual and uh, God, God would speak through them and they would kind of be the, the, figurehead mediator but they didn't have like power as a king they were much more um you know everyday human kind of situation so israel had not had a king and samuel um hannah was infertile she prayed to god that he would give her a son 
because then her husband would love her more. It's a whole thing. He had another wife who had like lots of babies. And Sounds healthy. Sounds like a whole healthy dynamic. Oh, it's so great. And then <laughs> yeah, the, so great. Like, the condition of like, if God gives me this baby, I will give him back as a priest. Mm-hmm. And like, so he will like have his life devoted to God. And so he, that's, that's Samuel. Samuel gets told by God that like the people of Israel are basically like a hot mess and they need a strong ruler. So that's when we get the first king of Israel, Saul. King Saul is like, he's a big jock with a temper. Does that feel right, Kieran? Yep. Yep. And especially the Saul, temper part. Yeah, Saul has a bad temper. Saul has a son named Jonathan, who we'll get to. Saul has a daughter named Michael, who we'll also get to. Saul's the one who picks the fight with the Philistines. So they're at war with the Philistines. And somewhere in here, and I'm not sure we know if it's before or after King David, uh, David and Goliath have their encounter. Somewhere in here, Samuel is watching Saul and is like, this guy is just like full of himself and fucking up. And like, we need a different king. And asks God to show him the next king of Israel, as opposed to one of Saul's progeny. And God says, go to this guy named Jesse. It's one of his sons. And I'll show you which one when you get there. So he goes to this guy named Jesse and Jesse has seven sons. And he brings out all of them oldest to youngest because Samuel's like, one of your boys is going to be the next king. And he's like, cool, must be the first one. Nope. Goes down the line (laughs) and it's David, who's the youngest. So I don't know when, if this happens before or after David and Goliath. But then you have the story of David and Goliath, which is where Saul first meets David. And I'll let Kieran carry it. Yeah. Uh, so Saul meets David and is like pretty impressed. And I'm just like scrolling through. He's like. David had been a shepherd boy. And so he was talented yeah. at, he could sing really, really well. Because he could, he had to like project his voice to get the the sheep to listen to him. Yeah. And Saul was insomniac. Yeah. yeah. And so we after... know all of this from the Bible. Yes. I'm, yeah. I we oh, know yeah. that someone has got insomnia and that someone sings really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah. This I... is all in like First and Second Samuel's and First Chronicles. So like, if you if you want to make a note to go back and read all of this. Oh, don't worry. I've got. I've got. <laughs> oh no! I've yeah, they're so going to be doing Bibles. It. <laughs> yeah, I've so, got so many Bibles. That's where now. they this are. Not how I thought I was going to spend my 2021. I fucked up my algorithm ordering <laughs> Bibles to my house. Oh no! <laughs> no! Oh my god! All right, so like David slays Goliath. All right, so Saul, who's an insomniac. Okay, moving past the insomniac. David's Lee's yeah. Okay, that's where we are. Right. Continue. Yeah. Saul is super impressed and is like, cool, this kid needs to like come hang out with me. And get uh, trained. Just like and get trained and stuff. And that's court. also like, you know, the harp music is part of that or whatever. Um wait, hold on. I'm confused. Saul is currently king. Correct. Yes. What David's is Saul's like, son's name? Jonathan. Well, one of them is Jonathan. Okay. How does Jonathan feel about oh. this training montage that's about oh, to happen? Oh, oh, I'm I'm going to I'm just going to read that um <laughs> because it's beautiful. So, as soon as David, this is from 1 Samuel 18 and uh let me Which translation? Uh not the ESV, hold on. I'm using common English. Pagan. That shit rules. If I had used common English Bible when I was growing up, I would have understood like so much more. <laughs> oh, I've never used common English. Yeah, I hadn't heard of no, it. No, that's not the one that I want. That doesn't that doesn't make it gay. <laughs> that's wrong. I mean, the King James version is probably the gayest. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. All right. So, First Samuel <laughs> chapter eighteen. And it came to pass 
when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him know. He basically took him in in a lot of very confusing language. Was like he said, "You can't go back." Yeah, yeah, adopted him into the family and was like, "You're not going home. You stay with me." Yeah, you're not going home. You're staying here. Verse three. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. For and Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. 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 So that's how Jonathan felt about it. So Jonathan Jonathan was horny for abdication, is what I just <laughs> Jonathan was really, really horny for David. Yeah, really horny for this new and David's uh, like shepherd, this shepherd is, kid. This is fine. Who can like has a really good throwing arm, so you can imagine. <laughs> He's got a singing voice. He like killed a giant with his good it's basically aim. everything. Okay, like, he's got it this all. Is good. This Triple is good. threat. I need, I need a David who can fuck. Well, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so when so I said then, something, something, something homosexuality, this is what it is. This is what people were referring to. Yeah, this, like David and Jonathan thing. Okay. O- this is not the only moment. Like it goes there's on. More. Like they meet up in fields. Like there's a lot of shit. They kiss. They, you know, it is. There is a documented. Doesn't kiss. one of them wound one by accident one time, and then they like forgive each other, and it's fine. Probably. Wait, wait hold on, hold on. We have back up. There's a kiss. No, this is a how this documented goes. kiss. Yeah. Here, yes. I'm gonna need you to. Kiss. I'm gonna need you to give me more of this yeah, documented kiss um, because. In so David version, is David is canonically bisexual. Okay, because in my version, he's gonna fuck Satan. So just so you know that that's where we're going, that yeah. is absolutely gonna occur. Yeah. Okay. Seems, so, seems on uh, brand. Reverse <laughs> for the kiss. The the number of like, you know, triumphs, sexual triumphs that King David has. Like, if you like, it's very on brand. If like Satan showed up and was like, "Hey." You want to do this? He'd be like, YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm uh, I, I'm skipping a couple dramatic bits that we can get back to, but the summary is. The throwing uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So Saul got real pissed at David and wanted him murdered because everyone was singing David's praises because they were like, David killed more people than King Saul did. And Saul was not about it. Even though, like, yeah, and it's, like, he was the person who was sending David out, so, like. It's a very, like, throw a coin to your witcher moment. (laughs) Toss a coin to your witcher. Sorry, sorry, toss a coin to your. Toss a coin to your witcher. (laughs) But it's very much, like, that, like, they're singing songs about King about David because he is such an earworm and they love him and he's hot. And Saul in his insomnia is just like, come play for me and put me to sleep. And then he just gets more and more mad at him because he's so good that he just starts throwing spears at him. Yeah. Well, and like Saul keeps sending, like sent David out to do all of the war shit and David was really successful. So okay, like so he, that's like, why he was pissed about the songs. So the whole the whole Wait, there's hold on, didn't Saul go find David? No, yes. Samuel did Samuel. Samuel. Well, Samuel, Samuel found, found David, but then, and then Saul adopted him basically. Okay. Yeah. I really would have thought that Saul would have been like sort of fine with all of this and that Jonathan would have had the negative feelings, but that seems to be not the case. No, Saul right. has a really big ego. Yeah. Yeah. So so as David's popularity is growing. Saul gets more and more bitter about it. And so he tries doing basically what David does later with Bathsheba's husband to get David killed by sending him into like super dangerous battle situations over and over and over again. And every fucking time, David's triumphant. Yeah. 
and he so can't. He gets and he gets more well, popular. I suppose that's what happens when God says, "Hey, this is the next king." Right. Like, yeah. But when you're the like, sitting king and you're like, "Yo," yeah, but that guy has plot armor now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so there is like this whole ordeal where David's like, "I think Saul just wants to kill me," and Jonathan is like. I don't I don't think so. Let me ask my dad and talk to him about it. And then oh, and then Saul story. starts throwing a spear at like Jonathan and Jonathan runs out and is like, well, fuck, you really are like mad at my one true love. And um so they work out this plan where like David goes and hides for a couple days until Saul is like, Where did David go? And Jonathan is like, Oh, he went to like some family thing or whatever. And <sighs> They had this like plan set up where like Jonathan would talk to his father and then uh, go out on a walk. And if he shot three arrows in this one direction and like went to get them himself, then it was safe to come out. And if he didn't, if it wasn't safe, if he sent his servant to go get them, yeah, then it wasn't safe. Exactly. This sounds like a gay plan. Yes. <laughs> and so then what like Robin Hood is gay. Yeah. So then what happens? And this happens in 1 Samuel 20, 41 is the verse and 42. Um, so what happens is as soon as the servant like goes away, right? David arose out of the place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another until David acceded. And then Jonathan said to David, go in peace for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord saying the Lord between me and thee and my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. Wait, hold on. Uh-huh. That's in the Bible. Yes. Literally, first thing. Why do you 20. think we all turned out real queer? <laughs> they let us read this. They were like, you're not allowed <laughs> to, to read to Lord of the read. Rings. It has bad magic. Go read this instead. Right. And they wonder. They wonder why. It's just because they <laughs> haven't read it. Like, if, so, if my parents had read all of it, they would probably be like, wow, that's gay. Okay, no. so here's what it gets better. It gets so much better as we keep going. So then... Uh, Wait, does that all- mean, hold on, does that mean it was not safe to return and so they had to part ways? Right. Yes. So then they fucked in a field yes. and then they parted ways. Yes. Right. I understand. Okay. Continue. So they're at... It's unclear, again, when in the timeline this happens, if it's before this or after this. But King said so King Saul and David have this on and off again friendship where it's like, like this, where it's really fraught, and then suddenly it's fine. And then it'll be really fraught, and then it'll be fine. During one of those, like, dull, like, lulls, um, Saul's like, we got to keep you in the family. And David's like, cool, I fell in love with your daughter, Michael. So let's do that. And well, Michael was in love with David. Michael was in love with David, and David's like, this This is fine. Yeah. Just just to so, be clear, because his heart belonged to Jonathan. <laughs> they made a covenant. Right, right, right. He, yeah. he made a covenant. I know that I no know. one can see my facial expression right now, <laughs> but I feel that it bears – saying that I have a very skeptical face on <laughs> about this situation. <laughs> also Just though, if I have a daughter, wait. are you saying are you saying Michael? Michael. Yeah, it's M I C H A L. M I C H A L Michael. Yep. I would I would that's that rules as a daughter name. It's pretty there good. There should be more daughters name. There should be more daughters Michael's named Michael. kind of a dick, so like hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the name rules. The name is good. Okay, so then Saul's like, "All right. I'm pissed at you again. So you can't marry my daughter unless you do this like this great feat." Oh, yeah. The daughter he was supposed to marry was not Michael. It was some other one. 
Oh, right. Because so he Michael wanted her. Came and, after. Right, right. And Michael came after, and then he was like, no, actually, I'd like to marry Michael. And he's like, cool, if you change your mind, then you have to do this thing to like re- redo the engagement or whatever. So he. 400 Philistine foreskins, 200. 200. Excuse me. Hold on. Did you say <laughs> foreskins? So. Yeah. The, Is there the a deal was. I don't know. No. The deal was King David. Sorry, I keep saying King David, but David had to bring King Saul 200 Philistine foreskins in order to marry his daughter. And he was like, bet. And we're all I talking about the same foreskin, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. He yes. brought that he did it. Cool. And he did it. Yep. So we're, uh, but he killed them. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> they, were <murdered. laughs> they weren't doing this consensually. <laughs> they didn't feel that pain. <laughs> I get that. Um, however, however, uh, why? Because he wanted him to die. It was it was a setup for him to like get killed because who could possibly take on two hundred Philistines and also get their foreskins? Okay, and he but was did he banking it. on was he banking on then receiving? No, clearly no. no right? You he thought that David was going to die? Yeah. Okay, so hold on. My big follow up question is: What does King Saul do with two hundred foreskins? <laughs> Does I, I don't think we ever no. find out. I don't think Wait, we know. Why? That is the most <laughs> interesting part of this story so far. Well, you so should, you know, you know, Austin, Saul believes in seances. Possession. Saul believes in seances. So you should just call him up and ask him yourself. <laughs> okay. We just, I have to. We haven't even gotten to the wild shit yet. The wild shit is not 200 whole foreskins? No. One man now possessing? (laughs) Why isn't that the wild shit? Because it's the fucking Old Testament and Game of Thrones is boring compared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Old Testament is so much more interesting than Game of Thrones. <laughs> How much space does 200 foreskins take up, do we think? Is it like a drawer? <laughs> is it like... <laughs> like, I feel like it depends on what they're like... I mean, it depends on their condition. Is. Like, are, have yeah. they dried out yet? <laughs> right. Yeah, you could put it in a bag, I guess. I, I, feel don't like know, a, I don't know. I feel like if they're all dried up, it'd be like the size of a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> oh lord i mean these okay. are like hold on i need to process <laughs> like presumably these are like fully adult foreskins but like what i don't understand what one does after that well one wasn't expecting to have them in one's possession you just it's suddenly a problem this is be, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is a be careful what you wish for scenario. You know, the oh more we're talking about this, Karen, the more I'm just sitting here being like, David was really stupid about Bathsheba's husband. Oh my God, yeah. Because he knows, like, he, he, he has had this done to him and survived it every time. How did he not expect this guy to, like, anyway, we'll get there. Because God was with him, so obviously everything he did was fine. And God was clearly not with Bathsheba's husband. <laughs> Nor the 200 poor people who lost their foreskins <laughs> in this story. Their foreskins and their lives. Anyhow, continue. continue. Yeah, sorry, it was really brutal. Yeah, and they let the kids read this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but right. not, are you, are not you ready? Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. All right. Yep, cool. <laughs> Harry Potter, not Harry Potter. Two hundred foreskins down in uh, in the Bible, but not Harry Potter. Continue. Mm-hmm. So we can we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I don't know why you all are laughing so hard. <laughs> 200 people lost their lives in the hurricanes. Oh, so it's many more. So many I, more. I, I'm just like, I'm sitting here being like, which story do we tell next? Yeah, I'm I'm like in it with indecision. Um, okay. So. I'm going to highlight the one I, I'm thinking of in the dog. Okay, hang on. Okay. Um, well, especially since I only have an hour. And yes, that I'm was the one I was going to say. Okay, go for hour. it. Okay, go for it. Uh, Wondering about I actually foreskin. don't remember that story, but I mean I like the it, foreskins. So. Oh, you don't know that you don't remember the story. Yeah, I remember I nothing about the story. I just remember that it happened. Okay, so one of the times when they were off again, Saul and, and David. Um, David. So David spends a lot of Saul's later reign hiding out in the mountains as the like leader of a like faction of fighting men. So he is kind of like the rebel leader. It's very Firefly, just like hanging out and scavenging and like doing odd jobs. And um, at one point in this, there's like this series of events where Saul's just not protecting himself very well. And David keeps coming up upon him and keeps being like, why are you like not protecting yourself well? Um, from me. So one of these moments is uh, Saul is in a cave relieving himself. And David sneaks up behind him and cuts off a piece of his cloak. And then sends it back with messengers to him later and is like, dude, you got to be more careful. Yeah. So whatever that means, we're not sure. But I mean, it's a threat, right? Well, it is a threat, but like what relieving himself means. I just thought that was the funny part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was he peeing Um, or was he doing other stuff? (laughs) This is is the question. I, I didn't even picture anything but peeing. There were many options. I only pictured the end. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ground to cover in that. Uh, <laughs> um, and then there's the story of Abigail, which is my middle name. Um, and one of the reasons I haven't like decided what I want to do with it is because this story is so rad because she is really fun. So David's doing his marauding band of men thing. And they're short on food. And so one of the things that they do is they decide to go to one of the, like, wealthy farmers in the area and offer him protection in exchange for, like, a cut of his harvest so that he and his men can, like, have meat through the winter. I guess it's a big sheep farmer. Um, And what was this guy's name, Kieran? Uh... Nabal. Yes. It was Nabal. So Nabal is fat and rich and entitled. And he's like, tell this guy to fuck off. So then King David and his dudes are like, cool, we're going to let your your herds get raided. And, like, it keeps happening and it keeps happening. <clears throat> and they're, like, actually losing, like, significant profits because David and his men had been protecting this farm for a little bit before they made this offer. and. Suddenly there's like Hold on. No I'm protection. drunk enough that I lost the plot thread. Can we rewind <laughs> just for a second? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm drunk enough that I lost the plot thread because I haven't had dinner yet because it is five PM. Oh no. PM. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um Well, you said drunk King David, and so here we are. We need yep. to rewind to the part where um we learn who Nabal is. Nabal's Abigail's wife. Uh, husband. All right. Abigail's wife. Ab- no, Nabal's <laughs> Abigail's wife. We're going to stick with it. <laughs> if we change it now, I'm going to lose it again. So, okay. We've got a lesbian couple. We've got a lesbian couple. And Nabal's Kevin. an asshole and really rich. Okay. 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 So, we've got rich lesbian. Continue. <laughs> so, they're losing profits. Abigail's like, you really need to take this guy up on his offer. We are losing money. Nabal's like, no, I'm going to stand by what I said. Like, fuck him. Um, so classic, Abigail. Classic, classic, butch lesbian. Continue. <laughs> Abigail waits till he's like drunk with his dudes and like leaves with a bunch of sheep. 
and a couple of her servants and goes and finds David in the mountains and offers him a bunch of these sheep and is like, please protect us. I will take up your offer. And David's like, what about your husband? And she's like, don't worry. Um, And she's like, don't worry. I'll take care of it. When it comes to like the end of the season, you'll, you'll be compensated. And David's like, okay. Also, by the way, you're really hot. And Abigail's like, (laughs) we'll figure that out later too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what you're telling me is King David invented the DM slide. (laughs) Yeah. So then they go back. uh, The rest of the season finishes out and Nabal's having his like real like end of the year party. So he's really drunk this time. And he has a fucking heart attack and dies. Okay. <laughs> so Abigail's like, like a deus ex machina Bible. Like, uh, that seems- <laughs> it invented the deus ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Abigail's like, here's your cut. And I got to go through this grieving period until like this time next year. See you then. So. So she's his second wife or third wife after Michael. But she is okay. she is one of his she is his favorite. There's like a whole thing where she like defends this town for him while he's out of town. Like she like she's just really smart and like clever and like in charge. Um, and she is his favorite until Bathsheba. Well, yes, because of the lesbian hypercompetence. Yeah, because obviously. we established that we lesbian. <laughs> right. right. So. <laughs> So that's why I like the the story of Abigail because she's rad. All right. So, so, okay. This is all before David is king. Yes. Correct? Yes. What happens when David is king? (laughs) That's she. So David eventually becomes king, but it takes a while for Saul to die. Seems like Saul lived for 900 years. Got it. Saul also has this whole, like, thing where he, like, he's mad about something with David and he goes and he consults a medium and he like wants to have a seance with Samuel. Who's the prophet who like picked the most. So you're telling me that what we've got now is a story that includes 200 foreskins, Mm -hmm. a lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. And cause I'm, I'm sorry. Now it's, (laughs) that's what it is. Yeah. Um, And psychics. No, a witch. Oh, the witch of Endor. Oh, even better. All right, witch of Endor and the seance. Okay, continue. Yeah, because uh, the prophet Samuel has died. And that was and so the one who Samuel, ordained. So Samuel shows up at the seance and is like, "What the fuck? You know this is off limits. <laughs> God, <laughs> God's gonna bulls. curse you for this." God's going to punish you for this. And the witch is like, you need to get out of here now. I don't want anything more to do with you. Bye. <laughs> and hustles him away. How does Saul die? I forget. I think he dies in battle. I think he also dies. Uh, well, Jonathan also dies in battle, I believe. Yeah, Jonathan dies Aww. in battle. And Jonathan and Saul no. died in battle together. Yeah. And that's when David becomes oh, king. I don't like that one bit. Mm-mm. I don't like that one. Yeah, it bit. was the Battle of uh, Gilboa. And uh, that's in 1 Samuel 21. Okay. Um, and they, so, killed, they killed Saul. They killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. Yeah. I, I'm so sad about Jonathan. We're all so sad about Jonathan. Yeah. It's... It's Jonathan, Jonathan is the original twink. I just want King David and Jonathan to like, I don't know, live in like a cute two bedroom in Chelsea with a couple of dogs. <laughs> they would have like liked they that too. Liked that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what I that's what I want. That's what I want for for <laughs> them so <laughs> then that they couldn't have it and instead had to secure a couple hundred foreskins continue <laughs> i can't get over the foreskins guys no, it's, it's really really tra- it's really traumatic like you're correct 
Um, so then there's this whole no moment. No wonder they did not teach us this in Sunday school. Like no, like no wonder. <laughs> yeah, your Sunday school. They taught us in ours. They taught you 200 foreskins in Sunday school. We colored. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I was doing the reading. I don't know about the other kids. <laughs> yeah. No, we colored. We did like rainbows over Noah's Ark. That was Sunday school. We made sheep. Oh, that was cow. that yeah. was like not correct Sunday school. I'm well, sorry. we did Sunday school a long time. Show. Like, there's Sunday school, and then there's like Sunday school, and then there's more Sunday school, and then there's more Sunday school, and eventually you get to the foreskins. <laughs> right. If you go through enough <laughs> of the Sunday schools, bonus points if you attend like your parents' Sunday school <laughs> yeah. on like parenting or whatever the fuck. Uh- have been there, done that. Oh, it's so I think I awkward. attended at one of their couples like seminars too. Yeah, me too. It oh was, my god, it was not great. <laughs> we had music and more, where we sang in a choir, played in a handbell choir, and did a craft. That sounds wholesome. All, that does sound so, wholesome. Honestly, it was it, to be perfectly honest. Like I am really sad that my church took a turn in the way that it did because it was really a pillar of the way that I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it had not taken the turn, like, I dare say that, like, they were lovely. I loved church. I loved I mean, growing there up. can be a lot of really, really wonderful churches like that. And, and if, if it had not taken a turn, I probably would have stuck, I probably would have stuck around. But it took At least a turn until you I got to the foreskins. At least until the foreskins. <laughs> and I would have been like, this is a bridge too far, the 200 and I'm out. Kieran, I think we found the title of this episode. The foreskins. 200 of them. until you get to the foreskins. <laughs> a bridge too far. 200 foreskins. Okay, so, so she whose dowry was 200 foreskins is married to David as his first wife, right? And she's already cranky because Abigail's on the scene and, like, she's not the favorite. And, uh... I think that's understandable. I think if you marry someone and then you wind up being, like, demoted and not the favorite, I think... (laughs) Especially after that price, like... Yeah, it's fair. Seriously. You had a really great love story and then he just, like, throws it away for some shepherd. Not even... I mean... Some shepherd's wife. The thing is, though, everyone could have th- taken a little a little lesson from non-hierarchical polyamory and been fine. But no, here we are. <laughs> but he was the king, so it had to be hierarchical. Uh, okay. Well. Like, it would have, they couldn't just change the definition of their relationship. They would have had to change the entire, like, kingdom system. <laughs> so the next big event is when... David wins a battle after he's king and he and his uh, he's they're having a cel- a victory celebration, thanking God for keeping everybody safe and bringing them home. And he's like dancing in the streets because he's drunk with his friends celebrating it's and he keeps yeah. taking clothes off until <laughs> he's you. dancing naked. And Michael sees him out the window, dancing naked in the street, and mm-hmm. is like, "You suck," and tells him off when he gets home. <laughs> this is now a "How I Met Your Mother" episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is now an episode of "How I Met Your Mother." <laughs> and and King David is Jason Siegel, and that is what has gone on here. It is correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But Lily would be nicer than than Michael, I think. And God yes, would have also danced naked in the street. Yeah, she would have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't God curse her with infertility because of this as her punishment? Wait for being mad that. Yeah, I think so. Her husband was dancing naked in the street without mm-hmm. her. Because to mm-hmm. be honest, that's why I would be mad. Like, join. Let me join the party here. No, it was a like. Why was I you, not you have, to the naked dancing? You're the king. Where's your dignity, dude? No, yeah. no. Why I would be mad if I caught my husband dancing in the street is that the lack of naked street dancing invitation. Right. That's why. That's I would the be correct mad. reason to be mad. She didn't have yes. the correct reason to be mad. Therefore, she got cursed. Man, but that is too harsh. As the Old Testament, everything is harsh. Because, like, 
we can't control our feelings. We can only control our actions. And like having a negative feeling, you should not be cursed for that. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've met the Old Testament God, but uh, <laughs> he had a he has, he has some, some things to say to about with. this. He had yeah. some jealousy problems. Yeah, honestly, he should have been in therapy. <laughs> like he was a really jealous was, God. Yeah. Who does God therapy? Like, what is the entity in the universe? Because, like, I don't know, but that's your next book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God goes to therapy. Please and thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know when Michael was cursed or what her. We, we're gonna just keep going because we don't need yeah. to know. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> okay. I feel like that is so much of how I understand the Bible is like large gaps where someone went. We can just keep going. We do not need to understand what happened here. Uh, Pretty much. And then, and then we continue to the next coloring page that I can do as a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which includes so no foreskins. So, Karen, you want to talk about some rubber ducks? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Austin, are you, that was a deep you've got to be familiar with VeggieTales, right? Oh, yes. I can probably still sing the intro. Okay. Do you, remember, do you remember the rubber ducky episode? Well, yes. That's David and Bathsheba. That's David and Bathsheba. Okay. So basically what happens is at some point, David is like doing his, like getting ready for bed or whatever. Wait, wait, Uh, wait, wait. Hang on. It's the springtime when kings go to war and David decides to stay home. So he's abdicating his responsibility to lead his men in the field because he's being lazy. He's gotten soft. Yes. Then. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's tired of that shit. Needs a break. Uh, so then, like, he's doing some self care. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's a healthy thing to do, honestly. Um, and he's been king, so like, he deserves to send people out, just like Saul did before. Like, that's how David got his start. Is Saul stayed home and sent David out, and then Saul got mad that David got all the credit because Saul stayed home. So anyway, one night he's like hanging out somewhere in his presumably castle or whatever the fuck he lives in it's taller uh, than out. all the other houses that's that's yeah. what you need to know yeah he looks out his window and he sees this woman taking a bath and he's just peeping like he's he's being a peeper and he's like no one can see my face but it has a deep frown yeah <laughs> and he's basically like damn she's hot like i want to fuck her but she's married so i can't fuck her and so what I'm going to do instead. No, no, is... no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You missed a yeah, detail. Yeah, am I skipping? Okay. He sends to find out who she is. He finds out that she is the daughter of one of his best generals. Or not the daughter, the wife. The oh, wife of yes. one of his best generals. And then he yes. says to send her to him anyway. So then he fucks her anyway because he can't control himself because that's what men do apparently they have no ability to to not rape women right so he rapes Bathsheba and then sends her home and is like whoops that happened yeah I don't like that one bit at all King David oh well it gets it gets uh worse worse okay so so then what happens after that is uh actually let me just go I'm just gonna read the story from the NIV. <clears throat> it is Second Samuel chapter eleven. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening David got up from his bed and walked around the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. She was very hot. 
That's, <laughs> that's not what the NIV says, but I'm, I'm abridging that. <laughs> this is the Karen standard version? Yes. Uh, so David sent someone out to find out about her. The dude says she's Bathsheba. She's the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And so David sends messengers to get her, and she comes, and he fucks her, like we were saying. And uh, She can't say no because in, he's the king. Right. In parentheses, now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. So she was, like, on her period when this happened. No, she had just finished her period. Or just finished happened. her period. And, yeah, just and got it was a, And to be clear, the way the math works on the t- the time you have to wait after your period before you are cleansed basically sets it up so that you are done with your impurity when you're ovulating. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with this because I just wrote the chapter based on Leviticus, based on the scapegoat. um, Okay. Sending the scapegoat into the desert uh, for Azazel. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she's ovulating. She's, you know, clean or whatever uh and and so then she went back home and she got pregnant and she sent a message to david saying i'm pregnant um and her husband hasn't been home in months yes so david sent this word to joab send me uriah the hittite and joab sent him to david and when uriah came to him david asked how Asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, how the war was going, and just like this chill, cute meeting. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But um, Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. And so David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? And Uriah said, the Ark and the Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go home and eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then he's David a good said guy. Him, he's a good fucking guy. Day. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, look, my troops are like outside sacrificing their lives and shit. I'm just gonna like live like they are because it's rude of me to like have a break when my people aren't getting a break. I mean, I feel feelings about that. I think that everyone should take the rest when they are given it. Yeah. Um, and so like, I would make a different decision here and encourage him to make a different decision. <laughs> but here, he but is being is setting up the narrative tension for you know, the, he's, the... He believes in solidarity. Yeah. He's suffering with his men. But but David really wants him to, like, fuck Bathsheba. That way there's not the, like, oh, this is actually someone else's kid problem is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yes. I recognize but, this is setting up the narrative tension. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Uriah's not, not doing that. Um, and so David was like, okay, stay here one more day, and tomorrow I'll send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem for that day and the next day, and at David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on the mat outside of his servants and didn't go home. So in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah, and in it he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest, and then pull everyone back. So he will be struck down and die. Like, that's literally in the letter. Withdraw everyone else from the he front. He does a Saul. So Uriah will he die. He pulls a fucking Saul. Yeah. Yeah. And he learned nothing from the 200 foreskins. No. Nope. No. The only thing he learned from the 200 foreskins is that he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that happens. And uh, so while Joab had the city under siege, she put Uriah at the place where he knew the strongest defenders were. And then everyone fell back and Uriah died. And so then Joab sent David like the full account of the battle. And uh, he was like, okay. He told the messenger, when you have finished giving the king this account, of the battle, the king's anger may flare up and he may ask you, why did you get so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Ambimelech, the son of Jerobesheth, and didn't a woman drop a millstone from the, and anyway. So Joe is like, 
you know, the king might ask you these questions, um, but tell him that doesn't matter because your servant, your Raya, the Hittite, is dead. And so, so the we made we fucked up in battle. We did all these. We made all these mis- tactical errors, and David's going to be pissed about it. But make sure he knows that this one guy is dead, and it will be all fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the messenger like went back and told David the story, and David was like, "Okay, we'll tell this to Joab. Don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it." Say this to encourage Joab. And then when Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. And after the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. However, the last sentence of this of this chapter, uh, 2 Samuel 11, verse 26, is, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So we have started on this path of... Uh, David kind of fucking up and doing shit because he's horny and thinks he can have whatever he wants. We have to lie things because of time, but essentially the baby dies. It's a I don't like this story one bit. It's Sid's Sid's death. The the baby's alive for a little bit and then it dies and then it's clearly like punishment for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, eventually... David becomes Saul. And that's like So the then arc. there's there's some there's some more stories where it's Saul, uh, David's sons are real fuck-ups. Um Absalom is the next son of Bathsheba and is his favorite <clears throat> and he's really hot and everybody loves him. And he's the like crowd favorite for the to be the heir. But there's, of course, other guys and other sons in line, and they're competing right. for for their father's affection by like multiple different wives. So it's really just like pick your favorite. And and so there's this whole situation where one of the brothers, one of the half brothers, rapes Absalom's younger sister Tamar. So rapes his half sister, and. Absalom like loses his shit and kills this guy and like all of his people. And David's like, you're losing the popular opinion here. I can't save you from yourself. And David let, and Absalom like stop talking because Absalom goes and leaves and hides in the mountains with his men. Where have we heard that one before? <laughs> there seems to be a lot of mountain hiding. Yes. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, but around this time is when David is basically dying and he can't stay warm at night. So they go and fetch him a nice That's a detail. They go and touch, fetch him a nice yeah, virgin no. so that he will have someone to keep him warm at night. What? He has like eight wives and hundreds of concubines, but he needs a new still, one. You need a new but, one. And actually a new what's one interesting what's interesting about this one is he doesn't actually fuck her. And that's like a detail we know. Yeah, because it's so out of character, honestly. <laughs> yeah, really. They never looked at it. It was weird, y'all. We gave him this like hot twenty year old, and he didn't fuck her. Yeah, you know, I, you know, he's sick and dying when. I okay. So, this is really valuable to me to have done um, a little inebriated because I have not yet had dinner. Um, I'm so sorry. Because no, totally fine. This is really valuable for me because, like, the way that I had been and it, the way that I write, I, like, do a pass and then I apply the research and then I do it a couple more passes um, and then call that one draft. And so I have some of David. I have some of King David. Not the sexy parts. I need to do those yet. <laughs> Please add those. Uh, but uh, he's portrayed pretty sympathetically in, in what I've got so far. And I think that maybe I need to rethink that. Um. (laughs) I mean, he had his moments. He was definitely charming. Mostly what I've got him as is a, is a hot, brave himbo. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's really, really good in battle. Like he's, he's not dumb when it comes to like tactical stuff. He's really good. So good in battle, good in bed. Good singer. 204 skills. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. 
I do think that I will have to complicate him a little bit though, based on what um what we just talked about. Like, yes, this is supposed to be like fun and funny and like drunken, but also like this seems like a person who really did not behave ideally a lot of the time. No, no, he Yeah, was, no, he it was turns mean. out <laughs> it's problematic too. Turns out when you're a king, power corrupts. Yeah. Two hundred foreskins worth of power corruption. Yes. I'm never going to get over it. I'm never going to get over it. I'm just going to say what they did is they like made some kind of art out of it and hung it in like the throne room. <laughs> I think that's as good a guess as any. Like what else are you going to do? Like it's it's a trophy at that point. Like, I mean, <laughs> they, really, they really hated the Philistines. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. 200 fucking foreskins. <laughs> My word. So this has been King David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this. I don't know if you have any usable audio at all, but this has been edifying. I think this uh, will be very fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. We totally. This is good. <laughs> I'm, I feel educated. I feel educated so, and drunk. Austin, and where, shocked. where can people find you if they want to go find oh. you? Oh, if you want to go find me, well, the first thing that you that I would like you to do, because um, I'm very proud of it, is to go read We Are Watching Eliza Bright. Um, it took me five years to write that book. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It took all. me 48 hours to read it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank nice. you. I paced it that way on purpose, so you don't know how fast you <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the first place you can find me is I've got this book and I'm really proud of it um, and I hope that people enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed writing it um, and the second place you can go find me is on Twitter at A.E. Osworth and that is where that is what my username is on all things so you can find me on Instagram that way too uh, yeah and uh, and that's where you, and you can have find a, me on the internet you have a column at Catapult and you teach classes oh. and... Oh, goodness. Yeah. You want me to do the whole thing? Yeah, I have a column. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. Go for it. I, I'm an eclectic person. I have a lot of things going on. I have a column at Catapult <laughs> where you can read about 90s and early aughts children's horror and gender because I haven't gotten a head transplant yet. So everything I write is still about gender. <laughs> <laughs> And um, you can also, I teach at Fledgling. I teach creative nonfiction. Um, in particular, I teach um, a class that is all about accessing memory through your relationship to other art and other media. And I teach at Catapult as well, um, where I teach nonlinear drafting um, focused on joy and process instead of product. All of my workshops nice. are praise only which I think is just as rigorous as any other kind of workshop. And if you're not a lit world nerd and don't understand what any of that means, don't worry about it. It just means that their classes are super great. <laughs> Thank you, Eve. Um, I like it. But if you're not a lit world nerd, I do teach one class that is for folks who are who just want to write for funsies, and that is the fledgling class. And it is a bunch of teachers teach that. And so if you have just any inclination to write at all, you should take that one. It's really gentle and really fun. And you can meet people even during a pandemic. Who knew? So great. Nice. <laughs> and a new thing that is happening that I haven't even really talked about yet is I'm editing a trans fiction series on Autostraddle. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Oh, that's okay. That sounds awesome. Here. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of uh, trans authors sharing their short stories. So if that is a description of you, you should email me. So um, that's what you, you were referring to earlier today. I get it now. Nice. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is super um, fun. Thank you for shattering my innocence and telling me about 200 foreskins. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> 200 Philistine foreskins that will haunt me till the day I die. Thank you very much. I hope you forget it long before then. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man. That was fun. That was fun.
<laughs> they're they're not going to recover from that ever. No, no, we we've scarred them for life. That's just passing it forward. Mhm. It's only fair. It's only everyone fair. should know. We're doing a little bit. We're doing skin. it like as gently as we possibly can, but Yeah. All right. Well, this has been an after dark episode. Yes. Uh, thank you so much to Dave the Great for producing our episodes, as always, making it yep. sound good. And uh, to the Band the Heavens for our music, and all of you for listening and supporting us. We love our patrons. We love hanging yeah. out with you in Slack. If you are not on the Patreon, you uh, should join so you can come hang out with us in Slack. It's great. Yes, you can do that at patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. And you can find us on Twitter at uh, kitchen cult pod because reasons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're just going to go get sober and have a lovely evening. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.